deliverance. We heard some powerful preaching. Them women preached yes. tonight. They brought the word tonight. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Our praise and worship team, as usual, did a phenomenal job. Thank you for just your obedience and worship. You may be seated. It's good to be in his house on what appears to be a rainy Sunday evening. And you chose to be in God's house, and I'm glad you're here. Um, tonight I want to talk to you about just a very, very simple topic, a very simple subject that the Lord laid on my heart. And I want to talk to you tonight about intimacy. I want to talk to you specifically about intimacy with the Lord. And I want to give a scripture to you that we've heard so often preached on, but I want to give it in a little bit of context that uh, will help give some background to it. I want you to, if you got your Bibles, your apps, or whatever on your phone, you could open them up to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, one simple verse of scripture, and again, you've heard it preached on many times, I'm sure. I don't plan on keeping you here long tonight, but I, I do feel like I have a word of the Lord for you. Somebody say amen. 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 And this is what it says, James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded people. Now, I know the last half of that verse kind of comes out harsh. He comes out swinging. And if you know anything about the book of James and his style, he does that. He'll just tell you the way it is. Or as one man said, he'll tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. And I don't even really know what that means. But it just sounded right and it sounded good. Um, tonight, I want to talk to you about intimacy. And as the word itself indicates, what it means is in to me see. Intimacy means in to me see. In other words, peer, have a good look at what's really going on. And anybody in a significant relationship of any kind, and obviously there are different kinds of intimacy. I mean, that should go without saying. That between a husband and a wife, that between uh, friends, relationship, even business partners. There's levels of intimacy. There's levels of, of, of where you are able to see into the life of someone as a result of your relationship with them. And hopefully you understand the importance of having intimacy with those that you love. It is the quality of intimacy that makes a relationship great. It's the quality of intimacy that makes a relationship great. For a young couple, it's the intimacy of the, the, the new beginning of the relationship, the shared dreams, the shared hopes for the future, the shared time together, the shared thoughts that they have. And even when they're not together, it's carried on in the form of constant texting, come on parents. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's constantly on their phone calling somebody. They're in constant connection. You get a young couple that's together and all that matters is that they are together. They are enthralled with each other. It doesn't matter that he may not have the best of jobs. All that matters is that they're together. It doesn't matter that his car is old and rickety and can't go down the road and breaks down every time you go on a date. All that matters is that you're together. There's the shared intimacy. It doesn't matter that when you get married, she can't cook to save your life. 
What matters, oh, Mike, you shouldn't have said that. He said, right. No. What matters is that you are together. Why? Because of the intimate connection between the two supersedes and goes above anything else. Their intimacy rises above any other issue or any other problem because there is intimacy that is of most importance. Now, intimacy changes and it deepens over time. It should. Intimacy is another thing. I thought of this. Intimacy is really unique to humans in that the rest of God's creation performs as he has intended it to, but the intimacy of relationship with God comes as a result of knowing Christ Jesus as Savior. All of the animals, the animal kingdom, they operate within the confines and the boundaries that God had created them to operate in. But they will never have intimacy with God. Intimacy with God is only reserved for human beings... And God, and only that through the person of Jesus Christ. We are created in His image and we are capable of intimacy with each other and with Him, and the rest of creation cannot do that. God simply expects the rest of His creation to perform and to carry on as He intended it to. Now, as I said earlier, It's an invitation. Intimacy really is an invitation of into me see. Your dog, as sweet as he might be, cannot know God the way that you know him. Your cat, as dumb as it is, and all cats are dumb, (laughs) does not have the capability to know God the way that you do. You see, God wanted such a relationship with us that even in the cool of the day, he would walk in the garden with Adam and Eve to carry on a level of intimacy. They knew him and understood him at a level and a way that the rest of creation did not. God so wants that kind of relationship with us even after the fall that Jesus came as a sacrifice to die in your place on your cross to pay your sin debt in full. Why? So that we can know him and be with him. Somebody say amen. Intimacy involves passion. Now we live in a world today when we think of intimacy, we are, obviously we run straight to the physical. We think of a physical, passionate relationship. But that is not even as important as the spiritual Passion involves a drive and a motivation to get closer to know someone more fully. Think of Paul's drive to know God in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. That's passion. God longs to have a relationship with you. And if you don't hear anything else tonight, as simple as it is, know that. That God wants a close, personal relationship with you. Now, we live in a world, we live in a culture where we define and where we, when we talk about intimacy, we use what I call spatial language to define intimacy. What do you mean by spatial? Well, I mean we use words such as this, close, 
deep, distant, shallow. When we talk about our relationship with someone or if we're talking about someone, not in a negative way or a gossipy way, but if you talk about your relationship with your your spouse, oh, we have a very close relationship. Meaning that you are close together, that the passion and the intimacy is there. You easily see into them. You know all about them. They easily see into you. They know all about you. Or you get the opposite where it's distant. Well, how is so-and-so? Well, I don't know. There's just a, very, there's a distance between us now. We use this spatial language to define our level of intimacy that we have with people. Now, I want to draw a little bit of a parallel in the Scripture. When it talks about our walk with the Lord, it's really talking about our level of intimacy with the Lord. And here's the big point tonight. It's our walk with God using that kind of language that's really talking about our level of intimacy with God. And I think one thing that we have to be careful of, not just in our walk with God, but also in our relationship with others, is that we don't want to become so experience-oriented that we minimize the relational. You say, what do you mean by that? Josh, give me an example. I'm talking about we don't want our relationship with God to simply be an experiential Sunday morning service. We don't want it to be a revival service where you come in for a special event and as real and awesome, as powerful as they are, they are one-time events or they're one-off events or they're exceptional events. No, we are to come in on a normal level and have a relationship with God on a constant basis. It's the daily walk. Everybody say daily. (laughs) It's our daily walk that demonstrates intimacy. Somebody say amen. It's your daily walk that really demonstrates your level of intimacy. God wants you to know him in such a way that he is close, where he is warm, with a certain knowledge about him and how he operates that it gives you an edge in your life. This involves walking with God. Scripture all the time, through many places, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, uses this language of walking with God to demonstrate our intimacy with Him. So walking is a normal part of our life that we really don't even have to think much about it. So the point I'm trying to say to you is this, is that intimacy with God should become the norm. It should become the norm. I want you to know that the enemy is after your walk. He is after the normalcy in your life. He is after that normal thing so that if he can impact it, he's really getting your intimacy. You say, well, Josh, what do you mean? Give me, give me an example of what I'm talking about. Listen, you can live in a house with someone. You can be in relationship with someone. You can be married to them. They can be a family member. Relationally, you are connected, but there still may not be any fellowship. And it's the fellowship that brings about the dynamic of an awesome relationship with God. There are all kinds of people that are saved on their way to heaven. They are children of God, but they have no fellowship with God. They have no intimacy with God. It's really not the big things in life that shake us as much as we think. 
The enemy is after the seemingly normal things, the routine things of life, the walking with God. Walking is a simple task. You don't have to think about it. It's normal, but it's vital and it's important. The enemy is not always going to come after you through these big drama moments of your life. And listen, I'm not trying to downplay them as though they're insignificant. The troubles and the things that you go through life, they're real. They're heavy. But you know what happens Whenever you go through something horrible and awful, it's usually your family and your friends and your church comes to surround you in the moment and they pick you up in the moment. But when things get back to a level of normalcy where there isn't all this stuff, that's when the enemy comes in. I had somebody tell me one time, they said, Josh, the enemy doesn't come after you when you're awake. He comes after you. Whenever you're by yourself and when you're asleep at night, when things are just calm and quiet and normal, that's when the enemy really comes after your mind. No, it's not the big issues of life that really, that really push us away from God. In fact, the enemy knows the big issues of life can actually draw you closer to God, but he comes after the normal, the routine things, like your walk with him where your intimacy resides. You see... Valentine's Day is important. All the men say amen. It's important. Date night is important. But you can't base the health of your relationship off of those yearly events. You cannot say that there's a level of intimacy just because you celebrated an anniversary or just because you celebrated Valentine's Day. No, intimacy is really known and lived out in the normal things of life. Just like you can't base the health of relationship with Christ off of the supernatural event in your life, and those things are real, they're significant, how is your intimacy with God when things are normal? How's your walk? I was thinking about this. Right now, we're literally in the, in the middle of the Olympics. <clears throat> and we're watching all the... Anybody watching the Olympics right now? Okay, several of you are. And, you know, one of the things, I've said this before, one of the things I like to watch is the runners. We celebrate the runners. We celebrate these people that will, you know, break records and do just incredible feats and they're, they're, they're breaking the 100-meter dash record. And they're doing all these kinds of things. We, they're exceptional. They're runners. But I don't see anybody celebrating the walkers. I don't see anybody that is just celebrating and hand-clapping the people just going about the normal, routine, mundane things of walking. I heard a story of a guy by the name of Peter Jenkins. And back toward the end of the 1970s, he had an experience, and he wrote a book, and the book was about his experience of walking across America. And in his book, he related the story how he covered 5,000 miles, and it took him a few years to get this done because as he would walk, he would walk and then he would come to a town. He would work odds and end jobs to pay bills and all this kind of stuff. So it took him a while to get across the United States. But in that book, he talked about a bunch of different things. He talked about uh, three times he was mugged. One time he was stabbed. One time he was hit by a car. One time his pet that he had with him the whole time got hit by a car. And on and on and on his story goes with all these crazy details. And he, he related at the end of the book how one time he was asked when he finally accomplished his goal, somebody asked him, they said, man, of all the crazy stuff that you had encountered, 
all the stuff that you encountered, what made you think about quitting the most? And he had one simple word. He said, oh, that was easy. He said, sand in my shoes. Sand in my shoes. You got mugged and you got, you, you, you got jacked and you got ran over. And sand, really? The simple thing? Most of us would say, oh, it's the big stuff. It would have to be those big dramatic moments that would stop him. But no, it was those little grinding things, little grains of sand in his shoe, day after day, day after day, mile after mile, that finally took their toll on his feet to where he could hardly walk. And the sand got into his shoes to the point in his toes that blisters would come up. And can I tell you that there's all kinds of little things in your life that will grind at you day after day that will impact your intimacy with God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's the daily grind. It's just, the, it's just these just little things, just seemingly little things. You know, if, if you went through some kind of a horrible circumstance, you could call up a hundred different people and they would all rush to your side and they would try and save you and help you and pray for you and whatever you need done to help you get over that huge moment. But it's just the constant grind. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it's usually the little things that drive this, this intimacy apart. I want to give you an example. Hang on, Hannah. That's where you laugh. One day, I'm at home, and I had a bowl of oatmeal. And I finished the oatmeal, and I, I, I don't know, I'm just a, a man. I mean, that's all that needs to be said. I'm a man, and I put the the bowl down and I put it in the sink and I went back and I was watching some TV. And I don't know, a few hours, I didn't even know. A few, I'm just, just a normal little thing. I'm not even thinking. You know, I go back and I sit and I'm watching and then she says, who put this bowl over here in the sink like this? And fear gripped my heart. <laughs> and I kind of looked at her and I'm kind of peeking because there's a lamp, conveniently, there's a lamp that I can hide behind on our couch and the lamp and the, you know, the, the, the eyesight, you know. And so I'm kind of peeking around that thing and looking at her. And she says, you didn't put water to rinse out the oatmeal? And she said, what kind of an animal are you? <laughs> and I'm like, animal? Really? Animal? It's the seeming small things, the little things that can wear on you and take its toll. And can I tell you, that's how the enemy will do. Things will come into your life, and if you don't work, if you don't pursue, if you don't go after things to keep the intimacy between you and God alive and to keep it thriving and to keep it going, it will grind at you and grind at you. Little things, little grains of sand that nobody else can see but you know that are there. What is it that's constantly giving you discouragement? What is it that's causing you pain? What is it those maybe hidden sins or worry or fear that over time it wears on you and it erodes you? We're so good at putting on fronts, putting on masks, making people think that everything is great. Oh, my walk with God is great. Never been better. We're this close. Here we go with that language again. Oh, I mean, God, we're like this. We're so close. Man, we just had powerful encounters. Other times you talk to people, maybe in counseling, hey, man, there's just such a distance. 
between me and God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The truth about what's really going on is that it's these little grains of sand, spiritually speaking, that's impacting you. Maybe disappointments, maybe hurts, little things that grind at you over time. They affect your walk and your intimacy, certainly with other people, but also your intimacy with God. Listen to what Psalms 42 and 10 says this. It says, as with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is your God? Did you get the operative word there? Daily. Daily. It's the daily grind. The daily things that wear you down. And here's the thing. It's not the one-time thing. It's not the hospital stay. It's not the big fight that you may have had. It's the things that wear on you. You see, people don't see how small things impact your walk and your intimacy because it's a private matter between you and God. Come on. If you had some big drama, if you had some big dilemma, some issue, some thing that you were going through, it would probably be on your Facebook. Everybody would know about it. You would be sending stuff up to the church as you should, saying we need prayer for this. And that's important, and we should. Come on, church. If it's big stuff, you're going to get the word out that I need help. I'm going through something. We are in a, we are in a, a tragic situation. We need help. But it's the little things, the private matters between you and God. There's so many that are facing the little things, the daily things that are grinding at them, impacting their intimacy with God. Look at Moses, what he went through in Exodus 18 when his father-in-law said to him, the thing you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. It was the daily little things that was wearing them out. And it was the daily things that will wear you out in terms of your intimacy if you're not careful. Your daily fears, daily worries, daily pressures like sand in your shoes. Song of Solomon 2.15 says this, It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Rarely is it ever the big things, it's the little foxes. It's the little things that mount up and take their toll. Oh, it's... It's not a big deal if I don't pray today. Man, it could be huge. Oh, it's no big deal if I don't read the word today. It's just a little. No, you need that for your intimacy. Let me ask you a question. Would it be no big deal if you didn't tell your wife you loved her? Would it be no big deal if you didn't tell your kids that you loved them? How many of you know that's important? And I know that might be a small thing, a simple little thing, but it helps build that intimacy. And I'm just giving that as an example. You do things to keep intimacy going and to thrive. But the enemy wants to wear down your intimacy over time. It becomes like a sandblaster to your life. How many of you know what a sandblaster does? You've seen the effects of that. And how it, it, all, all, it, all a sandblaster does is it just speeds up the typical natural erosion process. It just, it does quickly what nature will do in and of itself over time. You see, the enemy hates to see you praying. He hates to see you believing. He hates to see you reading the word and those things you do on a daily basis. It's the little things that matter. The little things. Ladies, am I right on that? Some of you husbands, husbands, am I right on that? I bought Hannah a Crave drink. Anybody go to, to uh, buy them Crave drinks here in town? Some of you raise your hand. Some of you ladies do. 
I like them. They're crazy expensive, but I went up and I, and I thought, you know what? I had Luke with me one day. I was like, let's, let's go get your mom a tea, one of these $30 teas. No, anyway, they're not quite that bad, but they're very expensive. <clears throat> and so we went in there, and, and they had this huge menu, an overwhelming menu, and I don't know what to get. I'm just like, well, let's just, you know, let's, you got anything with mango? She likes mango in it. So we got her a mango tea or had something else in it. I don't know what was in it. But anyway, we bought the thing. We paid for it. We took off. And Luke's with me. And I don't remember if Lily was with me. I don't think Lily was with me. But we went down to Hannah's work. And I, I sent her a text. I said, hey, we're outside. And so she comes out. And, and, and we're talking, you know. She's coming to the window. And I hand her this tea. And she goes, did you, is this for me? Well, yeah, I didn't just pull in down here to show off my tea and wave at you and drive off. You know, that would be a jerk thing to do. <clears throat> and then, then notice what, this, listen, women, I got you pegged. This, but I know where she was going with this. She says, this, this is what she was really interested in. She said, well, did you get one? I said, nope. She said, did Luke get one? I said, no. I mean, I'm getting brownie points right here. She said, you just got this for me? I said, yes, I did. And it just was like, oh, you're the most romantic guy. The point of it was, is that really what she was after is, did you do something special just for me? Or was this a on the way kind of a thing? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you do these little things to keep intimacy going. And can I tell you, you say, oh, Josh, that's just a little insignificant thing. But can I tell you, the enemy wants to interrupt your intimacy with God. Distractions and problems and just things that come along the way. Man, yeah, we could have just blown right past the tea place and not a big deal. She wouldn't have thought anything. But it was an investment in your intimacy. We got to get to this thing where we invest in that. I said earlier how people use words about close and distant. It describes their, their relationship. What do they mean? They're describing their level of intimacy. Have you ever heard anybody talk about, you know, be something going on and there'll be a problem. Say, man, I thought I knew that person. I'm surprised. I thought I knew who they were. I thought I knew. What did you say? Well, what do you get? Well, really what they're trying to describe is, man, I thought I had a level of intimacy. I thought I was able to see into them in a special way that I knew. But man, I, I didn't. I was wrong. Well, what was the problem? There's masks. There's walls. There's things that we throw at me. Can I tell you, as crazy as it sounds, is that we do that with God all the time. We put on masks and we pulled up walls and we put up all these fronts and all this kind of stuff. Even trying to confuse God... Even to try and make it look like we're getting one over. You can't get one over on him. And the thing of it is, he loves you in spite of all your wrong anyway. So just work toward your intimacy with God. Now, so what's the difference between close and distant? You know what the answer is? A walk. Just walk. You said, what are you talking? I told you earlier that there's the connection between intimacy and a walk. The difference between being close and distant to something is a simple walk. And some of you, let me just put it to you like this. Some of you, you need to take a hike. 
You need to take a hike toward God. That scripture that I read to you earlier that we gave you in James chapter 4 verse 8. I want to give you some context of it though. We quote this scripture all the time and it's a great scripture. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let me give you, let me back up a few verses. And then read past it a few verses to give you a little bit of context here. where It'll, it'll settle in. It says in verse Verse 5, or do you think it's without reason the scripture says that the spirit who lives in us yearns jealously? He's talking about relationship, talking about intimacy. But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Here's another famous verse. Therefore, submit to God but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded people. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Your laughter must change to mourning, and your joy to sorrow. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Now, the whole context of that verse that I gave to you, It's really James confronting two things, pride and humility. He's talking about pride, the danger of pride in any kind of relationship, and he's talking about the importance of humility. Can I just say, the biggest thing that drives a wedge in any level of intimacy in any relationship is pride. It's always pride. And God, if you want to have a closer walk with the Lord, we are to simply humble ourselves to, to God before God And then the scripture even says that we are to submit to God. So what's the context there? He's talking about God. He says this. God says he will resist the proud. If you want to have a closer, more intimate relationship with God, no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, the first step and the appropriate step is a step of humility. Just take a step of humility toward God. And what does the scripture say? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's a promise, church. You can take that to the bank. Somebody say amen. I love that old hymnal. We used to sing it at the little Methodist church I used to go to, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. How many of you know that verse? You, you, you know, okay, all right. Some of the younger people have no idea. But the verse that says, Just a closer walk with thee, Granite Jesus is my plea, Daily walking... Close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. What's he talking about there? He's talking about intimacy, closeness, relationship. Psalm 73, verse 28. It says in it, for me it is good to be near God. How many of you can say amen to that? For me it is good to be near God. Let me move on quickly. I don't know... I'm going to bring this thing to a close here in just a moment. I don't know how many of you have ever been a part of a foot washing service. How many of you have ever been a part of a foot washing service? Okay. And if you know, if you've participated in that, then you understand that that is a very humbling thing. It's a very intimate thing. It really is. It's a very intimate thing. You know, obviously people are nervous to do it. Oh, man, I hope, I hope I wash my feet today. I hope they don't stink. I hope I got powder on them. I hope they don't. We go through all these things because we don't want people to make fun of us and laugh at us and think we don't shower and all this kind of stuff. And I don't take, I mean, it's, 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 you're vulnerable. 
You're vulnerable. I mean, really, so, so people are nervous about that kind of stuff. What if they see my bunion? What if they see my callus? What if my feet are dirty? What if they talk about it later? I mean, we go through all these kinds of things. It's a very humbling thing. But can I tell you, it's a very intimate thing. In the ancient times, and you guys know this, you've heard this taught on before, in ancient times, <clears throat> in the Middle East, whenever you would walk into a house after being out on the old, dusty, dirty road all day long, you would walk into the house, and not just a servant, but it was reserved for the lowliest of servants. Not just any servant, it was always the bottom-rung servant. It was his or her job. They would wash the feet of every person that came in. And can I tell you that Jesus, just like he was with his disciples, he is standing there saying, let me wash away all of the things that are affecting your walk. All these little bits of sand, all these little grains of sand and everything that's grinding at you and keeping that level of intimacy from being where it needs to be, God is saying, let me wash away all of the sin and the dirt and everything that's keeping you from being close to him. Let him wash away your fear. Let him wash away all of your emotional hurts and pains. Let him wash away all of the guilt that you've been walking in. Let him wash away all of the anxiety that's keeping you from that kind of intimate relationship with God. He, wants to, he knows who you are, but he wants to be intimate with you. Jesus is wanting to wash away anything that's keeping you from walking closer with him. I'm going to ask every person in this room to stand tonight for just a moment if you would. Ask Pastor John, the praise team, if they would come briefly. I want to give you some truth. I know this is just a simple message. I tried to give a little humor in it, but at the same time make some of the points that I felt like the Lord wanted me to get across to you. It may, whatever your thing is, it might seem unimportant, but anything that affects your intimacy is important. Anything. If you're in here tonight and you say, well, Josh, you know, I'm just, I feel strained. Remember we used that language earlier where there was just this distance. We always use the spatial language to qualify a relationship. Man, we're distant. You say, there's just this distance between me and God. I love God. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But I don't know why I feel so distant from Him. You say, man, I just don't feel as close as I used to be to Him. Well, it's, it's intimacy. That's really what you're talking about. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, if you're here, very simple message. You do not have to stay that way. You know, oftentimes we think it's, it's some big, huge issue that you went through that's going to drive the separation between you and God, but it's rarely those things. In fact, God oftentimes will use the, the, the big events of your life, even the horrible circumstances of life, the big moments, He'll actually use that as a catapult to draw you closer to Him. And the enemy knows that. Sure, he'll try and use it, but, but God in his grace and his mercy and his wisdom, he'll actually use it to draw you closer to him. So the enemy, he does the next thing that he can do, and it's just to grind away at you. 
just slowly grind away at you, the little foxes. It's like those little bits of sand that just grinding away. Some of you, you come to church, you're faithful, you're going through the routines of church and, and all that stuff, but there's just a distance. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, keep them up. Come on, hands are going up everywhere. Keep them up. Nobody's looking around. It's the daily things on the job. It's, it's the daily issues at home. It's the constant financial worry. It's the problems with the kids. It's the, man, I'm just sick and I can't get, it's just, just you know, it's just the constant stuff. Just the constant, constant, constant. A life is not measured by the huge stuff that happens in your life. It's measured in your level of commitment throughout life. And the enemy will come in just as he's been doing on those of you that raised your hand and he's trying to slowly but surely wear you down. Slowly but surely. It's a game plan. The enemy has a game plan. If you're saying, Josh, I need the Lord to just come in and like that foot washing, I need him to just wash away these things that are just grinding at me. If that's you, I invite you to come. You raised your hands, I invited you to come. We want to pray with you tonight. Come on. We're going to get some prayer warriors up here with you. You say, Josh, I don't really have any major, major thing going on. It's not some huge issue. That's okay. It doesn't always take the big issues. It's just the grinding things that just make you tired. They just wear you out. Church, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You can identify with these that are up here tonight. They're just wearing on you. ask some prayer warriors if they would come up here with us for just a moment we're going to lay hands on them church I'm going to invite you right where you are if you just extend your hand this is so important because it's a level of unity just just pick somebody out somebody up here that caught your attention on their way up and I'm going to ask you to pray for them you know what it is to go through the grind. You know what it is to just have things. They just need a fresh touch. They just need the Savior to come in and just wash away the grind. Those little bits of sand, they just need a fresh washing of the, of, of the Holy Spirit to just come in and renew them. You are mine.
does he'll come in with those little seemingly things and they grind away at you and you get weary you just get tired you just get worn out over time but then there's the promise don't get weary and well-doing for you what yes there's the promise you got to hang on in the middle of that battle in the middle of that normal daily walk that daily ground where the enemy's trying to grind after your intimacy Pursue the things of God. The little things matter. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. You are dismissed tonight.